Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to the Profitable Online Coaching Podcast, the place where we talk about everything online coaching, including marketing, business models, tools, and mindset. Hey, thank you very much for joining me today. In this episode, I'm interviewing Megan Huber. We talk about getting freedom through your systems. Megan is a business and leadership mentor helping overworked entrepreneurs lead their lives from a soul first, strategy second perspective. Let's dive right in. Hello, Megan. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive into uh, our conversation. Me too. I'm really excited to talk about freedom through systems. I love that idea. But before we jump into the meaty stuff, would you like to let us know who you work with and what your story is and how you built your business online? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Uh, I'm a business strategist and leadership coach, and I work with established women entrepreneurs who have a service-based business. I work with a lot of coaches And they typically come to me once they've gotten their business to a particular level. Uh, Usually that's multiple six figures, even seven figures. And the way that they got their business to that level was through a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, a lot of grind, honestly, a lot of doing things that they were told to do that may not necessarily actually be in alignment with them. And they built this business. It's almost, well, it hasn't almost, it's basically running their life. And typically I do work with women who are over the age of 40. I'd say the average age of my Mm -hmm. client is 50. And at that age, you start looking down a pathway of, wow, I have fewer years ahead of me than I had behind me. And so their number one driver is no longer teach me how to make money. They already know how to make money. Their number one driver now is how do I create more time? how to create more time to do the things that I love to do with the people that I love doing it with. And how do I kind of restructure my whole entire life in a more holistic way so that I'm not leading my life with my business first, I'm leading my business with my life first. So there's some things that we really have to work on inside the business to make it more sustainable, whether it's business model, it's systems, it's processes, team, really becomes a very hot topic at that stage Mm -hmm. because you can kind of get there by yourself or with a VA or kind of like duct taping some contractors together. Um, But you still feel like you're, you are still on the ground floor of the everyday day-to-day of the business. So that's typically why people are coming to me in terms of how I got started in this. You and I have a really similar background. I was a high school teacher in my twenties. And I taught business education classes. I have a master's degree in teaching and I was teaching things like programming and entrepreneurship and business studies and all that, all that sort of stuff. I had a computer lab and my husband and I had a daughter in 2010. And when we had her, I left my teaching job and my husband um, kind of encouraged me because I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I was not the stay-at-home mom type. I knew that going into it, it was never my plan, but I didn't know what was next for me. And so he encouraged me to um, sign up for a coaching certification program. And at the time, I had no idea what coaching was. I mean, I had been a tennis coach before to high schoolers. So I knew what that was. 
And I did it. It was, it was long. It was about five or six months. And I thought, wow, this really is so similar to what I was doing when I was teaching. And I could see how much of the coaching I was actually doing in my classroom with my students. And then obviously on the tennis court, because I was a tennis player and I then became a tennis coach. And I thought, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And that was in 2011. So that is how I got, that's how I got started with the business. You're right. We have so much in common <laughs> when you think yeah. about it. I, I used to be a teacher as well. And I've taught programming, I've taught marketing. And it does, you know, even having had another business before, it does give you a different approach, I think, when you start your online business. You, you come from a bit of a different angle. Mm-hmm. So how, how did this sort of result in the business you have today? Yeah. So my journey is a little different than most entrepreneurs. I started my first coaching business. I was working with, I was working with, I was actually working with a lot of brick and mortar businesses at the time. Mm -hmm. I was working with chiropractors, dog groomers, insurance agents, um, financial planners. I even had a client who was a professor at a really well-known college in that particular state at the time. And he had developed something for, to detect fetal alcohol syndrome in mothers before their babies were born. And so I was helping him turn it into like this online course and teach it to people. Um, So I worked with a lot of non-coaches at the time. And then I really started entering into this whole online coaching world in around 2012. I had a coach that I was working with. Uh, her area of expertise was on how to grow your business through speaking. I actually grew my, I've had two coaching businesses. I grew my first one through in-person speaking and Mm -hmm. I would drive, I would drive three hours to go speak to groups. I didn't care if there were two people in the room or 200 people in the room. I was speaking everywhere. And that is how I initially grew. And Then I met someone who has a very, very well-known company. Um, She's been around for 15 or more years. And I had no idea who she was Uh when I first discovered her. And I became an apprentice under her wing. She had a many multiples of seven-figure online coaching business at the time. And I still had my own coaching business. I was her apprentice and I helped her develop a year-long coaching program. It was a group. It was a business coaching program. Mm -hmm. And part of that program was also a coaching certification program, which I also developed. And so the teaching background really Mm -hmm. came into play when I was developing basically many, many, many programs and a certification program. Of course. During that time, she wanted to bring me on full-time. So eventually in 2014, the very beginning of 2014, I totally left my coaching business completely, like left it. And I worked for her for, it was about a total from being an apprentice and working with her about four years. And I was her right hand. Um, I knew everything about the company. I played every role in the company except Facebook ads. I never touched Facebook ads because it's not my area of expertise. And I was largely on the side of the business that was client delivery and client experience. And not only client delivery and experience with, you know, the program they just purchased, also, how do you renew those people into a second year? How do you resell them into the next level mastermind? 
how do you create a referral program? And that's where a lot of coaches are really falling, right? They're, they're doing great selling and they're doing great with lead acquisition, but then their programs, their attrition rate is really, really high. That's right. So I, I left that in the end of 2016, rebooted my own coaching business in 2017. And by then I had made a name for myself in the coaching industry. I became pretty well known in a particular slice of the coaching world because of my experience at that company. Mm-hmm. And so when I rebooted my business in 2017, all of my clients naturally were coaches and I grew insanely fast. Um, we did multiple six figures in the first five months, like many multiples of six figures in the first five months. And I grew honestly the first five years. So all the way through last year, I have almost a hundred percent grown my business through a Facebook group and building relationships with people and giving value and giving people what they want and then producing exceptionally high quality programs, um, whether it's one-on-one or it's group or it's mastermind or it's retreats, um, that is, that's how I've predominantly grown. It's been very much relationship centered and, Mm -hmm. um, building community. I use the Facebook group to build community first, and then to give just insane levels of value. So that when you're asking people to take the next step, it's a, it becomes a very easy yes for them. Excellent. That is such an interesting journey. And I love the way you mentioned that on the one hand, you're building relationships through groups. And on the other hand, very important, making sure that your clients stay with you, that there is a next level to go to, that there is, you know, the quality service. Um, if you had to, you know, sort of just simplify it um, for our listeners and say, okay, imagine people are coming into your company through the group. Um, how would it work out? What, what would the path look like going from, you know, entering the group, experiencing what's happening in the group, and then moving uh, into, you know, the experience, which is becoming a client and then maybe going to the different levels? Yeah, that's such a good question. So you know, if, especially I'll kind of start, like if someone is in like early stage entrepreneurship, their early stage, and maybe their first goal is to, to get to their first six figures and um, really start building a strong brand. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that whole conversation around branding is a, it's a very important one. Um, So, you know, in the beginning, it's what kind of brand are you building here and what kind of community do you want to build here? And that's how I got started in my mind frame around it was what's my brand and community is going to be the most important thing because I knew one day in the future, pretty quick, and this happened very fast for me because I built my one-on-one practice. It was full within the first three months. Um, I knew I was going to go to groups really quickly. And I also knew that in order for you to fill a group, you need to have a decent sized audience or else two people are going to join your group, which you can run a group with two people, but for all the effort and the amount of money you're going to make to then deliver that, it kind of sucks. Let's be honest. Yeah. So it's (laughs) really having the mindset around my job is to build a community. My job is to give really, really great value inside this Facebook group. So a couple of things in terms of running the Facebook group. Number one, like the, the structure that I've followed for five years, I always do a weekly Facebook live show. It's always mm-hmm. on the same day at the same time, every single week. 
And the reason why you want to do that is because A, yes, you're giving value. B, you're connecting with the people in that audience. Then C, you're actually building a lot of trust for your brand because they're expecting you to show up at a certain day and a certain time every single week. And that also gives you the opportunity to have calls to action. So you can have a call to action. It could be something that's just comment below. It could be opt into something for free. It could be sign up for my five-day challenge I have coming up in two weeks. It could be send me a direct message and let's have a conversation. And it's just going to depend on whatever you have going on in your company. And then I also have like another one of my structures is I know that I am going to make some sort of post inside that group every single day. And you also don't want it to be the same kind of post. So my perspective has always been, I'm not just here to teach people a bunch of information, although that's a small part of it. Mm -hmm. When you have a group and you build a community, you want to find out as much information about them as you possibly can. So I'm constantly asking them questions or um, I'll make a post that's a poll where I find out something about them, which lets them know I care about them. And then it's also showing them, hey, she's tailoring what she's offering to us and she's tailoring her content to us based on where we're currently at and where we want to go. And I think that's really important because when you do that, your audience feels like, again, you actually care for them. They feel more seen and heard, Mm -hmm. and you're just going to get their buy-in a little bit more. So that's how I've always used the Facebook group. I have run launches. I did launches for years right inside my Facebook group. I did nine-day launches. The cool thing about having a Facebook group and doing your launches inside of them is you've already been building this relationship with them in there. That's right. And then you do the launch. If they join you, great. If they don't join you, they're still in there getting value from you. And sometimes people need to follow you for years before they finally decide to say yes. So that's how the Facebook group functions. If somebody's early stage, and we were chatting about this before we hit record, I my philosophy is that in this coaching and expert space, if you're early stage, Get to six, if not even multiple six figures with one-on-one services, one-on-one coaching practice because of what that's doing for you. It's teaching you like your expertise is teaching you how to market. It's teaching you how to craft a message that your audience actually wants to hear. It's teaching you sales skills because here's the honest truth. If you cannot sell on a Zoom call, talking to someone and bring them into your one-on-one coaching package. You absolutely are not going to be able to sell people through a video and a launch to a group to get them to buy your group coaching program. And that's where we're seeing a lot of people not be able to fill their groups because they're Mm -hmm. jumping the gun and they haven't developed the marketing skills, the messaging skills, the brand or the sales skills. And so they think I'm just going to show up and and teach and give all this great information And all these people are going to want to join my stuff, but you actually don't have the skills to do that. So I'm a big proponent of start out with one-on-one coaching for all those reasons. Plus with your one-on-one clients, you are validating your process that produces real results for a client. And that in me really comes from an ethical place, you know, until you have really great case studies with one-on-one clients. You probably shouldn't start a group and uh, like a paid group coaching program because when we're starting groups, we're really doing that so that we can scale our companies, which means we can serve more people at one time. 
awesome. But if you don't have a process and a system for those clients to follow to get results, guess who's going to be working all the time? You are because (laughs) your clients are going to think you're the magic and you've got to customize everything for them. And now you are literally working 60 to 80 hours a week. You feel like you're, you're spinning. You feel like a chicken with your head cut off. You feel like you are just giving, giving, giving to everybody else and you have no room to breathe. And then the other problem with that is you can't see how you can grow beyond that because you're still positioning yourself in a place where it requires you to deliver your service. So once you have that proven process in place with one-on-one clients, now we can look at let's create a group program. Awesome. You feel your group coaching program. There's so many elements. You know, the thing I, 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 I won't do this today unless you ask me, but I can get on my soapbox about groups. A lot of folks start groups because they think it's going to be easier. Yes. There's a lot involved. You know, you, again, you and I were teachers. Mm-hmm. We know what it's like to be a teacher that has to command a classroom. I taught high school kids. I promise everyone listening, working with adults and groups is a lot harder than working with children. Mm-hmm. I've True. done both. It's a lot harder to work with adults because not only do you have to be very skilled at directing and holding the, you've got to hold the energy, but you've got to direct a group of people who have different learning styles, processing styles, personalities, responsibilities. Now with adults, which you don't see as much with kids, adults have so many issues. They have trauma. They have so many more responsibilities than a 16 year old does. So now you're also dealing with that. And a lot of people don't realize the type of facilitator you have to be. And also the number of, I mean, there are probably, I'd say 10 to 15 different types of systems that you want to have functioning and in place to properly run a group coaching program so that a, you're not going crazy and B, your clients are actually happy making progress, getting results, and would actually stay with you long term and grow with you over a period of years. It's not as easy as just, let's just throw up some modules and do some Q&A calls. None of those people are going to return. And in fact, they may stop showing up at some point inside the program they purchased. That's right. And in fact, I love the fact that you said they're going to grow with you over a period of years because it's not just a matter of, okay, I'm going to take you from A to B over a period of six weeks, and then I'm going to spend the next three months or two months launching it all over again. You know, right. the, But of course, it's not just value for you to be able to upsell them to the right thing. It's about the value to the client. Yes. This is the journey that you can take them on and how can they, how are they going to benefit? How are they going to grow? in the mm-hmm. long term so mm-hmm. in your in your process the freedom through structure how sort of how do the different sections slot in let's say someone's launched a group program maybe they're quite happy with the way it went the first time but now they've realized that they need all these things you've just mentioned so mm-hmm. how does one go from from not knowing what these steps are to you know working with you and building the structure Yeah. So, I mean, look, everybody's got to do something for like the first time, right? We're all going to launch for the first time. We're all going to run a group for the first time. You know, I think the first element that I definitely want to preface it with is going into it, 
it's a certain mindset that you have or a certain, you know, you have to frame it in a certain way in your mind. And I think where you and I both are probably seeing a lot of people get really bent out of shape is that their perspective and their approach is a very short sighted, short term approach. This Mm -hmm. desire for instant gratification, this desire for external validation really, 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 really fast. And if they don't get it, then they're, then they change, then they're off to the next thing. They just launching doesn't work. Groups don't work. Whatever they tried doesn't work. And now they're trying something else that they saw someone else who made a bunch of money do. And they, but they're going in with the same mindset. So the first part of it is have a long-term mindset. And if you are going to be someone who is running groups, every single one of my clients runs groups. And at the beginning of the year, they, we map out together, how many launches are you going to do? When are you going to be launching? What are those dates? What are your needs? Um, What's going to work really well for you? I call it launch stacking because you also want to get really, really good at it. I would say that in order to build a really strong skill, and again, it goes back to, you've got to then, you still are figuring out messaging. You're still figuring out marketing. You're still figuring out sales. You're still, you know, the other thing that really impacts what we do is uh, what's going on in the culture around us. And in the last two years, what worked, I'm not kidding, what worked six months ago is not working today because the culture and the psychology of people has changed, which again, we saw that as teachers because no two classrooms were the same. And so Mm -hmm. you had to be able to adapt from one classroom to the next. They each had their own personality and communities of people. We're a living, breathing organism. We change. And I see a lot of coaches getting very bent out of shape because they think, well, why didn't I have as good of a launch this time as it did last time? Why are people not as engaged this time as they were last time? Culture has changed. Psychology has changed. And you have to keep up with that. So I say all of that to suggest and encourage everybody, play the long game, play the long game. Believe that you're probably not going to be an amazing launcher until you've launched like 10 or 15 times. You may not act like it may take you launching three, four, five, six times to really hit like this huge goal that you had. That does not happen overnight for people. That's right. It just doesn't. So that's the mindset piece. The other really important element when you are launching groups, and again, there's, you know, I said, there's like 10 or 15 different systems you want to have in place. You're not going to have it all figured out in the beginning. I, I would say that your most important system to have in place for a group is an onboarding system. Mm-hmm. Your onboarding system will make or break everything in your entire company, actually. Absolutely. It's that important. The onboarding system is not only what lets people know what the expectations are, how to get the most out of the program, you're also setting the tone for really shifting their perspective about how they're going to get the best results and what's next. So you want to kind of have that figured out is what's next that, Hey, some of you are going to get great results in this program, but you're probably going to want to take it a second year because year one, we're going to cover whatever year two is really going to be about ABC or XYZ for you. Others of you, you're going to want to graduate into whatever your next level program is. Is it a mastermind? Like, what is that? So what you're doing is you're really training your clients. This is a long-term game together. 
The people who get the best results are the ones who stay with us longer, who really grow with us. And you're just really setting the tone for the culture of your group in that onboarding process. Um, I can keep going on and on about an onboarding process, but you know, there's other systems you want to have in place, like accountability systems, feedback systems. You want to have an exit system. You want to have a curriculum system. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's lots of them, but you know, for starters, make sure you have an onboarding system and then make sure you've got a great curriculum system in place. Very good. When you talk about the exit system, is that for people who are exiting the program? Is it like, you know, like an exit interview in a company? Yeah. People decide not to renew, which again, so, you know, the, I'll give it this other tip. This is, a, this is, a, I guess it, it would fall into the category of a system. Let's say you have a program that's six months long. Mm-hmm. The mistake that a lot of coaches make is they wait until the last week of the session of the program or the last session to talk to their clients about renewing or moving into the next level. You actually want to be, again, like I said, you want to start mentioning that as early as the onboarding phase of the program. You also want to have checkpoints kind of throughout the program where a team member or you, but preferably a team member Mm -hmm. is already having conversation with them about what's next for them. And you want to start doing that pretty early. At the latest, when you're about 75% of the way through your group, you want to start rolling out a renewal campaign that could be in the form of conversations, emails, whatever you have in place, because you've got to get your client's mind in the right place. You can't spring on them at the very end. Hey, renew or Hey, buy this next level program because their mind isn't ready. Their belief isn't ready for that. So you want to start that process pretty early. Um, I really love to see a 60 to 80% renewal or resale rate. Like that's really what you want to get up to is about 60 to 80% of your clients are staying with you in some way. And that takes a little bit of time to work up to now, not everybody is going to renew, right? So you're going to have 20, 30, 40% of your people who are not renewing. We have an exit interview with every single one of them. And it's just great feedback for us. It's phenomenal customer service. Um, Clients feel like you're kind of just tossing them out into the street. If it's like, okay, this is our last call. See ya. And that what you just like kick them out of the Facebook group. You kick them out of the the calls. You kick them out of the, it just sort of feels like you kick people to the curb. So it's nice closure for them. Um, And then you can get really great feedback. And then you're still, establishing a strong connection because they could be a great referral partner for you just because Mm -hmm. they ended with your program doesn't mean they could not be a great referral partner for you. Absolutely. That is so true. I wish we could go deeper on this, but unfortunately we've run out of time for today, but thank you so much, Megan. I'm sure that people who are thinking of group programs now have a very clear picture of what the whole journey is about, because it's not just about launching the group program. It's about the bigger picture and being clear about where you really want to go and what the next stage is for you. So Megan, thank you so much for being with us. But before we jump off, um, I know that you have a new Facebook group that you wanted to share with us. So if you'd like to let our listeners know what happens in your Facebook group, and we'll make sure that we pop the link to the group in our show notes. 
Great. Yeah. The name of the Facebook group is called Tribe of Legends. It's all about leading a business and life that's built to last. Um, So we do that in a very simple, a very sustainable, structured freedom way. And it is for a more established entrepreneur who's got a lot of years under their belt. They're very, very skilled at what they do. And they're already, they already have services that are in demand and they're looking for a much higher level conversation around leadership, around legacy, around, you know, how am I going to continue to elevate to the next level in my business by becoming a leader now of a company? Um, They're no longer in those like just early kind of hustle and hustle and grind building stages. They're really looking at becoming the CEO. You know, it's really about transitioning from being a hustling entrepreneur, which is how a lot of us got to where we got to. And now you have to transition into, okay, now I have to actually run a business. It's more than about acquisition. It's more than how do I make money? Now you're leading yourself in a new way. You're leading your clients in a new way. You have a team that you now are leading and you're continuing to leave the bigger vision of your company um, so that it frees up your time as well. So inside that group, we have a weekly Facebook live show. I also do a monthly brain trust, which is like a leadership round table where we're having a very elevated conversation um, and asking each other questions that you're not typically hearing in the just the regular coaching or business space. And we also have really high level conversations that are going on amongst peers inside of that group every week. Excellent. Sounds great, Megan. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been great getting to know you. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.